Hey, 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 folks. Welcome back. Dave DeBow here with our special guest, Anthony Teren Bernard, zooming in from beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Anthony is a real estate entrepreneur and a realtor. And uh, he's originally from beautiful Quebec, moved out west to Western Canada, and has jumped into real estate investing. So, Bernard, uh, Anthony, welcome to the call. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, my friend. So how did you get involved in this whole wild and wonky, wonderful world of real estate? Yeah, so I got started investing in real estate in 2011. Um, before I really knew much about it, honestly, I, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge in investing. I was just looking for a place to live. I was shopping for a condo and I looked at lots of condos at the time. Was, you know, was this in Calgary or where was this? Yeah, it was in Calgary. Yeah, okay. over 30 condos in Calgary. Just wasn't a good fit for me. I wanted a place with a yard and everything. Yeah. And at some point, the light bulb kind of came on as I was looking at properties in MLS. I saw the semi-detached with the basement suite, the mm. illegal at the time of basement suite. Um, and I ran the math on this and I was like, oh, if I rent this out, it's cheaper than the condo, right? And it's a nicer property. Yeah. So that's what I did. I bought that property, lived in it, uh, rented the basement, lived in it pretty much for free at the time. Yeah, so uh, early early adapter of house hacking. Exactly, yeah, house hacking before I knew what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I got pretty excited about the concept. I mean, living for free, right? And I've got my own house, uh, cheaper than when I was renting. So that really got me down that rabbit hole, right? I was like, okay, I need to learn more about this. I've always been entrepreneurial. I just didn't know a lot about, I didn't know a lot about real estate at the time. So I started to educate myself and uh, work with a few people around me as well. That uh, I was blessed to have a really good mortgage broker at the time that understood investment, that owned rental properties. So we had lots of discussions around that, and that got me started to the next good. one. And so then, where where has that taken you since? What what kind of uh, properties have you focused on for your investment portfolio? Yeah, so I've mainly focused on legalizing existing basement suites. Okay, that's, that's smart because that. yeah, because because for a long time, I, if I'm not mistaken, Calgary was kind of um, against basement suites or not making right. it very easy for people to have basement suites, and then they had a a change of heart last year or the year before. So maybe maybe walk us through that. How did that? Yeah, that's right. Since 2018, roughly, uh, and you're right, Dave. Uh, the city of Calgary was not friendly at all with legalizing suites. In fact, there's a lot of different situations in which you just wouldn't even be able to, uh, for example, that semi-detached property I bought at the time in, in 2012, end of 2011, I wasn't allowed to have a basement suite, period, right? So that was a struggle because it was very safe in yeah. my suite, right? Uh, so yeah, around 2018, the city looked at their program and realized Something's not working. We only have a thousand basement suites on our registry, and they estimated it was sixty to eighty thousand illegal ones at the time. So massive failure, right? Like it's not even massive like failure, massive lack it. of of tax dollars for for the city. Well, that's the thing, right? It's actually even a, as a, a tax revenue perspective, that's pretty bad. And there was a few accidents to push that, right? There was some fires and unfortunately some tenants that passed in in unsafe suites. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the city brought that program that allowed us to legalize suites mostly based on the fire code mm. and a few other small things like parking spaces and things like that, uh, which makes the process a lot cheaper. 
They also waive development permits when it's needed, as long as the suite is existing as of 2018, right? Because that's when they started the program. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing a few of those, right? Whereby suites prior to 2018, make them meet those requirements and then get them on the registry and legalize them. So, Okay, so just out of curiosity, what about after 2018? What what about those? Yeah, unfortunately, those out of luck. That was kind of the mindset of the city at the time is they launched it in 2018, right? So they were like, that's the warning. If you're building a suite after now, when we're launching this program, you have no excuse. You should follow the building code. Right? Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so they made it easy. Did they make it easier for new builds to have? No, unfortunately not. The city doesn't have a say in this. Uh, unfortunately, it's actually the Alberta Building Code they have to follow. Uh, so it's a provincial uh, requirement. So yeah, and, and unfortunately, we see this a lot. Uh, people will build new suites right now and not legalize them. And other investors will pick them up without realizing this. Mm. And unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. You have to follow the new suite building code, which in a lot of cases requires you to rip out half those suites and start over. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All so. right. So you can build a, a suited property from scratch. It's just the, the requirements are very, very robust, I would guess. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more expensive to do so. You, know, you need separate source of heatings, backflow valves, all sorts of requirements that are not required with the existing suite program. Yeah, so it sounds like it's a lot smarter to find these older, illegally or non-conforming uh, suited properties right. and, and bring them up to snuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why I've been doing that, right? A lot cheaper, you get a good force appreciation um, to less less work, right? Like a lot of cases, it doesn't need a lot. Most of the suites I've been picking up need maybe smoke alarms, maybe one or two egress windows and drywall mechanical room, that's it for the most part. So it's pretty easy projects, right? So, uh, and typically speaking, what do you, what's it costing you to do these retrofits? It really depends what's needed, but the ones I've picked up for myself and most of our investors are usually under $10,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Part. Yeah. So it's usually a pretty small investment. And, it, uh, and, and what, 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 what does that history. kind of pump up the value to? How much does that add in forced depreciation? Give it or take? really depends on the neighborhood and yeah. the size of the suite, but as a general rule, it's around fifteen to twenty thousand uh, on, on the low end. Yeah. Now we do expect that to be higher starting next year because that program is ending at the end of the year, which means the cost to have a basement suite, regardless which avenue you take, is going to be higher because you'll have to do a new suite from scratch, right? Oh wow! Okay, so, so we think that the those, the premium on legal suite will be higher starting next week's mm, okay. uh, next year's yeah 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 so if you've got one of these retrofitted and brought up to snuff it's going to be worth a heck of a lot heck of a lot more because building one from scratch is going to be very super expensive that's right um, the harder something is to build then obviously the more value attached to it okay so you got a number of these kind of properties and what what else are you guys up to yeah so uh we're doing a few different projects from what have used to do in the past this year. Uh, we just picked up a full duplex uh, on which we're doing a title split uh, this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one's interesting because it's on the very low end of the price point. It's a smaller full duplex, only 500 square feet per side, uh, but it's very affordable. So the interesting part is once we split it in half and sell it as separate titles, we're competing with condos in the price range. So we expect to have quite a good lift 
on our resale value. And we actually have some comes to support that in the last few months. Uh, so it should be a really interesting project. And we usually don't do flips. Um, I usually flip to myself or do burrs or things like that. Uh, this property is a bit unusual because we're actually just going to sell it and do a flip. Mm-hmm. But we felt confident about it, given that it's it's a rental property, right? The worst that happens is we have a cash flowing duplex to hold for a little longer, right? So yeah. um, lots of exit strategy on that one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're also working on a uh, development, 64-unit uh, townhouse development in Highland Park, inner city. So that's really interesting, too. Lots to learn on that project. Uh, we've got the land assembly of six uh, six lots with single family houses. So we're just in the project right, uh, process right now of getting their rezoning done and engineering and all these things. Yeah, that's another whole learning curve there. So Anthony, you you became a real estate investor almost by accident. Then, then right. you got interested in it. And you've also become a real estate agent. So at what point did you decide to do that? Yeah, so I was thinking about it for quite a long time. But I was in IT at the time, you know, I had a good job. Uh, it's almost the problem, right, of not having a, enough pain to make a move yeah. sometimes. You know, I, I had nothing nothing painful enough to make a switch. And over the years, my mortgage broker, a good friend of mine, been hounding me, you know, get your license, get your license. We, we need you. <laughs> so anyway, I eventually listened to him, uh, quit my job and got my real estate license, Um just under two years ago now, and I'm very happy I've done that switch. It's uh, my mind was already in real estate, right? I was already at my work. I was not focused on IT. I was focused on real estate full time already. So, yeah, it's, it's been just awesome. Who's who's your mortgage broker? Uh, Lane Walters. Oh, okay. Great guy. Yeah, uh, I, awesome. I was wondering uh, if it was Dan Heon. He's the, he's the Calgary mortgage broker that I'm familiar with, and. Uh, Keith Ute as well. And, you, yeah, yeah, I know Keith. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. So two years you've been in the 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 real estate agent business. And I noticed you've kind of joined forces with a couple of other investors slash now realtors as well. How did that kind of all come to, to be? And and what's the what's the cunning plan behind that joining of forces? Yeah, that's right. So Santosh Nathan and I worked together. Uh, we started that uh, real estate team, Calgary Real Estate Investor Hub. Uh, Santosh had a similar story than me. He started as an investor, did house hacking, um, and we just got along very well. Like we have the same philosophies of investing. So we figured instead of competing against each other, might as well work together, right? So we, yeah. we're not just in the same team. We actually work together with our clients. To provide both their experiences and different opinion and point of view. So, yeah, been up. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, what what have been some of the major learning experiences or challenges you've had to overcome as an investor over the years? Yeah. So, I've been self managing properties since day one. Hmm. So, obviously, there's lots of tenants. Stories probably more than we even have time to in a podcast. <laughs> um, one of the biggest lessons I've taken away from being a buy and hold investor for the long term, yeah, is that time in real estate matters a lot more than the timing of when you buy real estate or the, you know, the price you're buying at. 
Yeah. Uh, and to illustrate this, my first property that I bought, that one I did house hacking in, objectively looking back, wasn't a great purchase. It was my first purchase, right? We all mis make mistakes in the beginning. Oh, I lost you, Anthony. In the beginning, what? You hear me now? Yep. Go ahead. So that first property I bought had lots of issues. Um, I had flooding four times in the property. I had some bad tenants. Had all sorts of issues, right? All, all the worst issues pretty much that can happen to an investor. I got them in like the first year or two. Right. However, when I look back at my portfolio today, this is the property that's performed the best <laughs> just based on being the first property, right? Because I've held it for longer. Yeah. So to me, it's a great lesson that Webcam sound. All right, so we lost it there for a second, Anthony. So you're you're saying that, yeah, the long term, the it's it's not timing the market; it's time in the market, and you definitely learned that from that first property, and the other ones as well. Exactly. Yeah, that that's what we tell our investors is you don't need to find a perfect property; just find one that's good enough, not going to bite you, you know, and hold it for as long as you can. Exactly. All right. Very good. Now, when it comes to raising capital, do you self-finance all your deals? Are you starting to use other people's money? What's that looking like for you, Anthony? That's right. So up to this year, I've self-financed all my deals um, with the exception of self-family members. Uh, this year, we started to do some partnerships. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking at raising more capital going forward. Obviously, real estate being a very capital-intensive business, uh, mm -hmm. we're looking at uh, leveraging other people's money. And that's something we offer um, to our clients as well. Uh, some of our clients are too busy to invest themselves or just some asset types. They're not comfortable yet doing yeah. it on their own, right? So we can go in with them and uh, help them learn and also help them get the return on their money. Yeah, no, that's very, very smart. So what are your goals and aspirations for the next, I don't know, couple of years? Where, where do you see yourself two years from now, you and your team? Yeah, so we're really trying to scale up or investing to bigger projects, uh, thus like the development project. Um, we're looking at getting um, higher leverage, uh, which we can get through some of the CMHC product, you know, MLISA like things like that. Um, it's it's really about taking what what we've done and accelerate it. Right, um, the growth so far has been great, but we want a lot faster growth. Yeah, so you're getting 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 to bigger development type deals, multifamily type properties, that sort of thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. Now I, I like what you guys have done with this, this niche of being investors and realtors. And then it seems like you kind of branded yourselves around being realtors specifically for real estate investors. Am That's I correct right. there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And how did that start from day one or is that something you kind of developed over time? Yeah, even before I got my license, it was very clear to me that I would be working with investors. Mm -hmm. uh, same with Santosh, right? It's, uh, we think about investment all day long, right? So that's really the crowd we vibe with. Uh, and we want to build a community in Calgary as well, get other investors together and network. So we run um, meetup events every month. We're doing some presentations, some education. Like we're really trying to help investors as much as we can. 
in various ways. Yeah. So, yeah how's it going with how's it going with the meetups and stuff? How how's the turnout after COVID and whatnot? Oh, it's actually awesome. We we expected the summer would be dying quite a bit with vacations, but so far it's holding pretty strong. We usually have 60 to 80 people that show up. So we've got pretty strong turnouts. Um, yeah, it's awesome. We've got all, all sorts of people that come to from very beginner to quite experienced. Mm-hmm. So it's uh yeah, it's fun times. Oh, that's you good. Everyone in the same room that take things the same way, you know, has that mindset. So yeah, good for you. Yeah, I think it's really important to kind of be seen as leaders in front of the group. I think that's that's a really smart thing for you guys to do. And especially having three of you kind of lead the charge, you, you kind of spread the the work between all of you and it it makes it a lot easier. That's for sure. That's right. And we learned from others, right? Like we yeah. we started this originally more for ourselves, if anything else, right? Because uh, we want to network with other investors. We want to know what they're doing. Like people have insanely wild ideas sometimes, right? And it's fascinating to see how someone's approaching an investment. Uh, you, we learn every day, right? Yeah, cool. Smart thinking. All right, Anthony, if people want to connect with you and find out more, where can they go? For sure, yeah. So we've got our website, calgaryreihub.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also find me on Instagram at investwithanthony.ca. Uh, those are the two main places you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on the show and sharing uh, sharing your journey and some insights about legal and non-conforming suites and, and all sorts of good stuff in Calgary. Thanks for having me, Dave. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.